I've never seen anything like this coronavirus before in my life. It's absolutely amazing. It's, it's, it's stunning what's happening in our world today. I think as our culture kind of, there's a panoramic view of everything, we are sort of riddled with fear. It's, it's interesting that the media, and, and I get part of this kind of, kind of circulates fear, and as the media circulates fear, then they report on the stuff, on the fear that they circulate. And then it goes to social media, and we just tend to turn it over and over on the rotisserie grills of our minds, and, and, and then everyone exacerbates the entire situation. We're faced with this pandemic. And the coronavirus definitely is a, is a serious situation. You have to ask yourself the regularly, you know, where, where do I get my facts from? Who is telling the truth? It's like, it's like a seesaw. We, 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 we are up one day and down the next, up one hour, down the next. This person said that, this expert said something else. It, it reminds me of the quintessential seesaw. Do you remember the seesaw? I, I used to love it when playgrounds were not too politically correct, where you had the seesaw and the monkey bars without you know, a foot of padding and without all these safety nets. But the seesaw went up and down, up and down, and there was basically a hinge in the, in the middle. Seesaw. Have you ever wondered why they call it a seesaw? I think when you're up, you can see. You can really, whoa, look at that. I can see everything. And, and then when you, when you go down and the other person on the seesaw goes up, you saw. So you see, and then you saw. You see, and you saw. I think fear is a lot like that. Fear, if, if we're not careful, we can go up and down, up and down, up and down. And we're, we're seeing this with this pandemic called the coronavirus. The, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love. It says, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. I like that. Perfect love drives out fear. So you have love, fear or fear, love. When we have love at the top, we really see the love of God, obviously. But if we don't concentrate on the love of God and the love of others, then fear becomes at the, at the top, at the apex of the seesaw. And, and that is when things get funky and freaky. So this perfect love, uh, love, of God, a love relationship with God, cast out fear. If I lean into the love of God, I can see. I have a right perspective, even in the midst of a virus or the midst of other, other problems or, or in the midst of mayhem, I can really see. The moment, though, I begin to, to fall into fear, the moment the seesaw goes down, fear begins to run the show then everything is based on feelings and emotions, and it's not very pretty. I, I do think it's interesting as we look at our culture to see how one germ, the, the coronavirus, just a little germ, can totally freak us out. It can dominate us, 
and, and it can, can lead us to, 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 to make decisions and, and to, to feel feelings that are real, but so often they're not based on real evidence. Fear so often is false evidence appearing real. It spells fear. And I think with this virus and I think with other things, we, we definitely feel that. You know, when it comes to fear, because I, I want to kind of talk about that because we're obviously, I, I know I am too, facing the fear of this virus, you know, how much should I wash my hands? Should I ever even fist bump someone again? What does it mean to keep this social distance, whatever that means, from, from, from someone? I mean, we deal with fear. This virus is, is really just a, a small symptom of a deeper problem, a deeper issue that most of us have, which is the fear of the future. Really though, when you study fear, and especially the fear of the future, it's really the fear of the past. Now I know that sounds like a contradiction, a paradox, but if you think about the juxtaposition between the fear of the future and the fear of the past, they're really one and the same. The reason we fear the future is because of things that have happened to us in the past. So we don't know the future, and obviously those of us who are believers know who holds the future. That's Jesus. That's, that's the Lord. And obviously this, this virus reminds us that God is sovereign. Whenever we think we're sovereign, I mean, just one germ, and this has caused all of this havoc around our world. One germ, one germ, one germ. So anyway, the fear of the future in reality is the fear that we've experienced in the past. We've maybe read something or we've gone through something or we've felt some feelings in the past. And because those feelings feelings have, have become uh, exaggerated and, and because we've, we've felt bad or felt negative or felt fearful in the past, when we think about the future, we're projecting those, those thoughts into the future and we're like, man, I don't want any of that. So our fear of the future is based on the past. Do you, do you understand that? That's so true. I remember when Lisa and I were, were pushing a boat one day out into a lake and she talked about this at our leadership conference called C3. And this, this boat was a boat we've been out in numerous times one afternoon, though, when, when we pushed the boat down this boat ramp to get into the boat, beneath the boat were like 10 water moccasins. So when we pushed the boat, I saw Lisa was going to step into a pit, a nest of water moccasins. So I grabbed her and threw her aside, literally. And these snakes, they were biting each other. Whatever. I took a paddle and started to boom, boom, just, and Lisa absolutely lost her mind. It took me an hour, an hour to calm her down. She told me later that evening, she goes, honey, prior to that snake encounter, I used to love, you know, reptiles and things like that. But she goes, no more, no more. And that day marked uh, a sea change in Lisa's life. She's been deathly, afraid of reptiles, especially snakes, ever since. And that was when she was like 18 years old. 
So that fear in her past so marked her, it affects her now in the future because she will plan things around, hopefully not encountering reptiles. And, you know, we're much the same. So the foundation of fear is the fear of the future. And the foundation, if you think about 1 John 4, 18, for facing the future is the fear of God. So all fear is not bad. I'm just talking about right now the negative side of fear because there's a positive side of fear. One time I made a critical mistake. Dad had a brand new car and I had an old truck. It was a Cherokee Chief. I wish I still had it. It'd be worth a lot. But at the time it was just pathetic the battery would always die in the Cherokee Chief so much that I carried jumper cables around with me. I was in front of dad's house, the Cherokee Chief died, so I tried to, 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 you know, with my battery charger, jump, you know, my car off of his car. Brand new, midnight blue, Lincoln Continental, his car. Mine was a dilapidated Cherokee Chief. I used to shark fish in it, it smelled like a bait bucket. Anyway, I hooked the, the, the battery charger, the cables to the batteries, started dad's car, beautiful. Then I started the old Cherokee Chief. And then finally, and then I began to floor it. To my shock and horror, I saw those battery cables melt into the Cherokee Chief and melt into my father's brand new car. It wasn't pretty. What happened? I got the positive on the negative and the negative on the positive. That's what happens in fear. We can get positive fear on negative fear and negative fear on positive fear. We get our wires crossed. Don't cross your wires. We have to have a fear a healthy fear of God. But the word fear in the Bible is a, is a reverence of God. It's being in awe of God. It's putting God in his proper place. So perfect love, the love of God, the fear of God, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want wisdom, if you want discernment, if you want a good read even on this coronavirus, it's, it's about that. So perfect love cast out fear. I reverence God. I put him in the position that he's supposed to hold, which is number one in my life. And then from there, I understand God's love and it casts out fear. But if I get those things crossed, if I begin to live by fear, by fright, and the word fear in the New Testament is, is the Greek word phobos, if I just fall into my phobias, that's when everything gets messed up. I get the positive on the negative and the negative on the positive, and my life will melt. So, so fear is real, it's raw, it's often false evidence appearing real. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the foundation of understanding is a healthy fear. 
So we have the unhealthy fear, the fear of the future, the fear of, wow, jihad and germs and all sorts of other craziness that's completely and totally out of our control. If, though, we love God first, if we fear him and reverence him and realize that he's God and I'm not, that's when life makes sense. That's when we can live a, a fearless life and, and, and we're, not, we're not so, so fearful. We'll have wisdom, we'll have understanding, we'll be able to, to see the way God wants us to do life. We'll have wisdom and understanding even when pandemics strike, even when pain hits us out of nowhere, problems, even, even when all sorts of things occur, that's what will happen when we, when we face our fear. So when I think about positive fear, positive fear is simply awesome respect or reverence before God. That's what it is. It's realizing, God, you're God, you're sovereign, you're holy, your glory, you, you are the one. So when I have that fear, then it's a healthy fear. One of the biggest questions people ask me, and, and because we're talking like this, I can tell you this. People ask me this question a lot. They'll go, uh, do you get nervous before you speak? People have asked me that question for years. And they expect me to say, no, I, oh, I don't get nervous. No, I just walk up and do it. I say, yes, I get nervous. Heck to the yes, I get nervous every time I speak because I think it's a healthy fear, a healthy respect and reverence saying something, God using my vocal cords, the Holy Spirit empowering me to say what he wants me to say. So yeah, I deal with, I think, a healthy fear pretty much every day of my life. So there's a positive fear and a negative fear. When it comes to the coronavirus, it's the fear of the future, the fear of the unknown. What if I get sick? Or what if my parents get sick? And what if my baby gets sick? And what if millions die? And what if, and what if, and what if? And I call that scenario sickness, scenario sickness. And that's something that we have to stay away from, scenario sickness. And one of the ways to, to really understand how to deal with fear and how to process false evidence that's appearing real is this scenario sickness. I don't know if you're like this, but I am. I have these scenarios in my mind constantly. I'm like, oh, I have this, you know, this, this conversation with this guy who treated me bad and I'm gonna tell him off and I'm gonna say the great phrase and people go, whoa, Ed, you got him. Or maybe you're thinking about a scenario you can use against your father or your brother or your teacher or your coach to really tell them off. Well, you never really have those conversations, but, but those are just scenarios we, we think about and we rehearse and we play on our playlist time and time again. We can do the same thing with fear. We just continue to play out those scenarios. You know, what if I crash? What if the plane goes down? What if I catch the coronavirus? What if terrorists show up? And what, what, if, what if, what if, what if my child dies? What if, well, I mean, what if my wife leaves me? What if, what if I lose all my money? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And, and, and that can really, really, really mess us up. Those are lies. 
And if you go back to the Garden of Eden, that's what the devil did with Adam and Eve. Tried to, tried to get them to, to, to run these scenarios over and over in their minds. And, and he's been lying to us and doing the same deal, the same drill since the beginning of time. So be careful about scenario sickness. Rehearse the word of God. Rehearse the promises of God. But there's, but there's something else too. If we're going to overcome fear, we've got to become historical. I didn't say hysterical. I said historical. Historical. David fought Goliath, and all of us know that story. He took out the big behemoth Goliath, and we've written books about that. You've heard messages about that. Even back in the day, maybe you grew up in Sunday school. You had a little felt board and the pictures of Goliath and David, and your teacher would talk about that. David and Goliath, David and Goliath, and, 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 and David took out Goliath. If you studied the text, David went historical before he fought Goliath. He remembered as a kid, God, you gave me the strength to take out the lion and the bear and this Philistine. This, this Goliath will be the same. He borrowed blessings and power and God answering prayer from the past that propelled him into the future. I have a mortgage on my home. I mean, I don't own my home, free and clear. If you do, awesome. I don't. I have a 15-year mortgage. So I've borrowed a certain amount of money, and that money propels me, right, into the future. So whenever you're riddled with fear, whatever the fear is, the fear of the coronavirus, for example, the fear of living alone, the fear of rejection, the fear of reptiles like Lisa has. Whenever you do that, just, just borrow some blessings, go historical, borrow some of God's promises, and it will give you the sauce to face the future. That was a problem with the children of Israel, God's people. I mean, here they, here they were, God was leading them with this amazing GPS system from Egyptian slavery to the promised land. They, they, they went historical in a negative sense. They began to remember the bad things. And I'm like, what? Why are you doing that? You should remember the good things. So during this time, remember that God is on the throne. God is sovereign. He is Lord. He is in charge. He's bigger. He's broader. He's more vast than any germ or any painful situation, any death, any tragedy. So go, so go historical. Stay away from scenario sickness. And, and, and don't, don't deify fear. That's something else I would say. Don't, don't deify it. Don't, don't feed it. When Nehemiah, you probably remember him in the, in the Old Testament. I wrote a book years ago about his life called High Definition Living. Now high definition is kind of common, but back when I wrote the book, ooh, high definition. Anyway, Nehemiah did something that people said could not be done. He, 
he was in exile, he basically asked the king to, to finance the rebuilding of the Jerusalem wall, a place that was far away from where Nehemiah was in exile. When Nehemiah walked into this guy's Oval Office, the king's office, I mean, if the king had been in a bad mood or had an off day, he could have killed him like that. So if you want to talk about fear, scenario sickness, going historical, you want to talk about all those things, not deifying fear. I mean, he had every reason to do so, but Nehemiah relied on God. He knew God was sovereign. So he basically asked the king for his black card to see if he would finance the whole project. And what happened? He faced his fear and the whole thing was finance. So Nehemiah, a normal guy like you and me, someone who faced his fear. And because he faced that fear, the fear of the future, he was able to conquer it and look what he was able to do. So yeah, we're we're facing this, this virus and everything, but let's, let's get practical. What are the fears in your life that you're facing? What are those fears that you need to go, okay, I know that that perfect love casts out fear. I know that the fear of God, which is healthy fear, uh, is the beginning of wisdom. God, I want to fear you, to reverence you, to put you in your rightful place. And when I do that, then I can face this fear. Hate to confess this, but when I was a little kid, I was fearful of this person I made up, and I used to call him the little man. I would cry, Mom, Mom, I saw the little man. I saw the little man. She would go, Ed, there's no such thing as a little man in your room or a little man in the hall. I used to just think about the little man, the little man, the little man, the little man, the little man. And sometimes I would go and, and, and get into bed with my brother Ben because I was afraid of the little man. Well, one night, my parents had had enough. And so dad took out this giant industrial strength flashlight back in the day. Went up to my room. Ed, there's no little man here. Opened the closets. There's no little man here. Went into the attic outside. There's no little man here. I was like, whoa. There's no little man. That's why when I saw Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, not the little man. Because I know the man. I'm related to the man. I know my Savior and my Lord, my friend, my counselor, my Savior, Jesus. So no matter who your little man is, perfect love casts out fear. The Lord is my light. He's your light. He's my salvation. He's your salvation. No matter if it's the coronavirus, or some natural disaster, or whoever, or whatever it is, the Lord is my light and my salvation. If I know him, whom shall I fear? So we need to encourage one another in this. Negative fear is false evidence appearing real. What's positive fear? It's facing every day and rebooting. That's what it is, because Jesus says, I mean, worry, 
And the word worry means to choke, to strangle in Matthew 6. Worry doesn't add any, anything to your life. It takes away. As we face our fear, we can face every day and reboot because God gives us enough grace and enough power to get through the day, coronavirus and all. When I, when I think about, though, this virus, I think about a greater virus that, that all of us have. It's, it's this sinful virus, the, the, the sin of our fallenness. This, this virus goes all the way back, if you want to talk about its origins. We've been debating the origins of the coronavirus. This goes all the way back to the soils of the garden. We have a sinful nature, and it's highly, highly contagious. In fact, everyone has it. There's only one cure, and God gave us the cure. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again, thereby giving us an opportunity to, to know him, to be, to be free. He is he is the answer to life. He is the answer to, to eternity. He is the vaccine that begins this healing and this cleansing. And he is the one that holds the future. And when we know him, we really shouldn't even face the future. Yeah, we're humans. We're going to have questions and things and what if and what could happen. I know all that, but we know that we'll live forever and ever because of the vaccine, if you will, receiving that, receiving the forgiveness and grace of Jesus. So I want you to know we're praying for you. I want you to um, continue to become the faithful person that God wants to face the kind of the kind of stuff and the kind of fear, the way God wants you to face it. I, I pray that you pray, read the Bible, that you're faithful, you're faithful in your offerings as we continue to push the ball downfield, as you're faithful in every aspect of your life because fear is real, it's tough, but make sure to put the positive on the positive and the negative on the negative. Because when you do that, then your life will cruise. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to gather together digitally and, and talk about your word, to engage and experience your truth. I thank you, God, for life. I thank you for the fact that you're sovereign, that you sit on the throne. I pray that you would Comfort all of us during this very, very difficult time. I pray for healing. I pray that, that this virus would be stopped dead in its tracks. I thank you for Fellowship Church. I thank you for the faithfulness of everyone hearing my voice. And if you are hearing my voice and you've never, ever, ever received the vaccination of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to take care of this sinful virus, I pray that you would say, Jesus, come into my life. Take control of me. So, Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.